Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues are amidst their worst stretch of hockey this season, falling 4-1 to one to the Ottawa Senators for their fourth consecutive loss. Three of those losses coming to teams pretty far outside of the playoff race. It's tough, man. Lots to talk about. Stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and I am joined by my equally as disappointed co-host, Thomas Welsh. And I would say we got a fun episode for you today, but I'd be lying. It is 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central. Tommy and I are exhausted because we just watched a Blues team fail against the Ottawa Senators. No pressure was put on. No chance was winning. Three posts were hit by the Senators. Could have been 7-1, to 8-1, to 10-1. Who knows? The Blues are in a free fall. Lots to talk about, but before we get into that, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all pl- podcast platforms. Plus, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Tommy, I set the stage in my intro. Four-game losing streak, skid, free fall, whatever you want to call it. Three losses to non-playoff teams in March. What are your thoughts? I, I think this game is just confirmed, and this stretch, really, this skid that we're talking about here has confirmed everything that we've talked about on this podcast. You can come out here and tell me that the Blues are second in goals against in the entire league, all that you want, but the fact of the matter is the defense has been a sore spot for this team the entire season long. We've been trying to tell people people about it, but I think this is the fruits of their labor currently because the offense uh, has been silent, and the, the Blues have not been able to rely on their defense uh, to keep pucks out of the back of the net or even move pucks out of their zone uh, consistently because they're turning pucks over in their own zone at an alarming rate, uh, and it's everyone on the team. Colton Pareko, uh, all the way down to Robert Bertuzzo, all the way down to Ivan Barbashev making blind passes in the middle of the ice. It's it's something we haven't seen in a long time from this Blues team that's prided itself on its work ethic and grinding it out and giving 110% effort every game. Doesn't seem like we're getting that same Blues team currently. For as long as this team has leaned on its offense, as much as I would like to come out here and say there's absolutely no reason that this offense shouldn't be putting up numbers every single night with the depth that it has and the names that it has. Uh, those are all true, but the fact of the matter is is they've been doing it this entire season long, and at some point, you're going to hit a dry spell, and at some point, things are not going to go your way, and the Blues are going through that offensively right now, and you have to be able to rely on other areas of the ice for this team to excel, and the fact of the matter is they can't because... Jordan Bennington is not playing lights out hockey like he was in 2019. Billy Huso is standing on his head at all costs, but the second he lets in one goal, two goals in a game, which is a good game by league standards, especially now with the amount of pucks that are going into the net, the Blues can't find the offensive power to support them, and they end up with a loss. And I, I that's that's the moral of the story for this Blues team. And this this loss honestly feels like it's the straw that can kind of break the camel's back to get Doug Armstrong to move somebody 
uh, to get this team to wake up because that's really what they need at this point is a wake-up call. And it kind of feels gives you the same feeling of that loss to the Kings, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when uh, Mike Yo was one foot out the door. And next thing you know, we woke up the next morning. He's no longer the head coach of the St. Louis Blues. So a little strange stat that I saw across my Twitter timeline today, last season, near the trade deadline, trades started circulating and actually started happening 10 days before the trade deadline. We are currently 13 days out of the trade deadline. So not saying things are imminent, but if there's one team that's going to make a move and one team uh, that needs to make a move for the sake of its season, the sake of its playoff window, which closes, by the way, in 2023, it is the St. Louis Blues. And Doug Armstrong absolutely knows that watching this game. If you've listened to the last two episodes, uh, specifically my takes, you've heard me throw around the term glass cannon a lot, um, basically saying the Blues have a really high-powered team, high-powered offense, but they're extremely fragile. And I think tonight has proved that the cannon has shattered. The glass cannon is in pieces. What made the Blues tick is gone. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't reestablish it and get back to that, but they're at a point where I think the this is some something is going to give, and that will be the trend of the rest of the season. And that could very well be the Blues have been figured out. And for the rest of the season, they might stink. Or maybe they'll they'll kick it up to a new level and 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 you know, maybe say, okay, this is what worked for us earlier in the season. Not working now. We gotta change it up. I don't know if we're early enough in the season for them to make that drastic of a change. I think that, like you said, this team is only going to go as far as its offense can take it and may well have proven that the end of that might not be, you know, round one, round two, round three of the playoffs. Offense might take them up until March of the regular season before they get figured out. Because as of right now, it's looking like the Blues over the last four games have looked like one of the bottom feeder teams in the NHL, unfortunately. So, I don't know, man. Got a couple couple not-so-fun stats, graphics that we're going to throw up on screen here in the second segment. We're going to be talking about uh, who showed up, who didn't in tonight's loss against the Ottawa Senators. So, make sure you stay tuned for that. But first, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Bet Online. Now, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts, and we'll be right back. Expected goals for the St. Louis Blues in this game were not pretty. It was 6-2, to two, as you can see here, uh, in favor of the Ottawa Senators. Now, I mean, I feel like it could have been even worse with the post that they hit. Um, and the, way, the the thing that really sticks out at me is the effort of the players. And pulling this, this one up on the screen here, the only name that you could see for the Blues that really generated a lot of offense was Vladimir Tarasenko. And the thing that really concerns me is the fact that Vladimir Tarasenko is a guy that has expressed interest in leaving this team. And the fact that he is far and away the guy that is propelling the offense to against a bottom five team in the NHL 
in a night where they're just getting shelled just really calls into question the effort of every other guy on the ice. Vladdy led the team with five shots on goals, and the next best guy on the team uh, had three, and nobody else had three. It was like twos and ones. So when you're not even throwing shots on goals, and I think that's the most frustrating thing for Blues fans watching this game, is it's not even the fact that the Blues are having trouble like getting through the neutral zone or getting through the offensive zone because they do struggle with that at times. Don't get it twisted. But a lot of times the struggle for the St. Louis Blues offensively has been just passing out of shooting attempts. Like they have the puck in the slot with a wide open lane on net and they're looking for like a one-time back toward tapping or a cross-crease one-timer and then it just ends up getting turned over or they miss the shot or something happens and they end up not even getting a shot off. And it's just like, why are you even working that hard to get into the slot area just to pass out of it for a lower percentage shot? It just makes no sense to me. I think they're gripping the sticks too hard, overpassing. I don't know. It's a, it's a combination of a whole lot of things. Maybe you guys are worried about the trade deadline and losing some of their buddies. I have no idea. But it's just a stark contrast from the team that we've seen at the beginning of the season when it was it looked like a wagon and the offense was firing on all cylinders they were scoring four five six goals a night now you're hard pressed to find two and a defense that i mean let's get it straight here like we're we're talking about the defense struggling for the St. Louis Blues but like advanced metrics and the stats that they've been putting up in like slot shots allowed and expected goals against like you're talking about Josh like this is this is like a bottom 3 defense in the like Seattle crack and bad defense that the Blues are running out there, right? Nico Mikola is on your first pairing with Colton Pareko, who is not a number one defenseman. Really, the only def- like defensive pairing that we can rely on has been Justin Falk and Tori Krug. And as we outlined, I think it was last episode or the episode before that, the drop off from their production and what they've brought to this team has just fallen off a cliff. From any defenseman, from whether it be Jake Wallman, Robert Bertuzzo, even though I feel like Robert Bertuzzo has had a good season, but I mean he's getting up there in age and all these other things. So I, you you have to find guys to rely on on the defensive end, and the fact of the matter is the Blues can rely on about thirty three percent of their defensemen as it stands right now, and that's just not a realistic scenario for anyone to be productive, but much less a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations. Uh, and so I, I, I don't know. I, I have, I'm out of answers here. I feel like we're just talking in circles and this team consistently over this road trip and over and coming back home now have had the same kind of problems. And you can say like, oh, it was a road trip. Like they're probably tired coming back home. All these things, that's fine. But I, dude, if, if I just lost to some bottom feeder teams, I would come out hungry and make it look like I want to play in front of my fans. And they looked like the opposite. I think you summed it up perfectly. It's concerning. It's not frustrating at this point. It's concerning. It's like, if they're going to look this bad against a team like the Ottawa Senators, if they're going to make the Ottawa Senators look like Stanley Cup contenders, what the heck are they going to do against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Colorado Avalanche or the Vegas Golden Knights or you know any of the top teams in this Western Conference or in the NHL are just going to manhandle the Blues with the way that they're playing currently? We saw... You know, the Rangers basically shut them down for 58 minutes of a game. And yeah, they had a good stretch there where they put put up three goals on three consecutive shots. But how different would this conversation be if they didn't have that little flurry in the Rangers game? If they had, that would mean they would have scored like what, four goals over the last four games, something like that. 
you know, obviously you can't, it's, it's more complicated than that. You can't just say, Oh, if they didn't score three goals and whatever, but still it, it's like we've, we've gotten brief, brief flashes of offense. And then other than that, it has just been pure dominance from whoever the blues are playing against, whatever line is out there against them or for them. They're, they're on the losing end of the battle. And it's just like, where do you turn at this point? You know, we've shuffled up the lines. We've seen every line combination known the man in the last four games. None of them have worked. I don't think there's been a single line where I'm like, okay, but at least the blah, blah, blah line played well. I can't think of a single one. I can't think of like a single group of forwards that has sustained consistent pressure in any of the last four games. We have lost to some bad teams this season. I mean, the first... The first one that sticks out in your mind, like of the season, was when we lost to the Coyotes and they had only won like one game all season long. And then we lose to oh, the Canadians God. to start their stretch of. I mean, they played pretty well under St. Louis, not going to lie, but like we were the first team in that and we could have just beat them down with a new coach and uh, whole, not a whole lot of confidence coming out of a pretty rough stretch, but let them win. And even, even at night, the Ottawa Senators had lost five games coming, coming into this game. And we just gave them their first win back and trying to build up a win streak. And now we've all of a sudden we've lost four straight and we've lost to the devils twice this season. One time without Hamilton and without Hughes, John Gillies beat us twice. Like it's just laughable stuff from this team that you expect to go out and handle their business against these bottom feeder teams, and they just can't. And we were talking about this team like being the best comeback team in the league earlier this season. They had like the most comeback wins in the league by a long shot. And the players were talking about, yeah, you know, like we go down one goal, two goals, and we never really feel like we're out of games. Where'd that team go? I have no idea. They didn't battle back tonight against the Sens. They're all skating around with their heads down, looking sad. Trying to think about the next game and what they can do right. Just a nightmare. They did not lose to John Gillies twice. They lost to John Gillies once, and then they lost to Nico Dawes, who same thing is not a real person. The same person. Yeah, exactly. Point point. Even even worse than losing to John Gillies twice, they lose to a guy that who I have literally never heard of. Where do you go? Where do you go from here? Is the question, and we're gonna be we're gonna be trying to tackle that in the third segment and probably every ep- episode this week, unless things take a drastic turn. So make sure you stay tuned. But first. Wanted to give a shout out to our good friends over at rockauto.com. Now with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when rockauto.com has everything you could need? Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts need. Needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So a little bit before the episode, you asked me whether I thought the Blues would be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. And my current my current stance is it might be a little too soon. Trade deadline is, I believe, you said thirteen days away. But let's say the trade deadline is tomorrow. Wake up tomorrow. You got whatever you know, seven hours to make trades. Six a.m. to three p.m. Buyer or seller? I think you have to be a buyer. 
You you have to add defensively to give this team a fighting chance. There's no there there is no selling with this team when you've consistently told the press, the media, and the fans that the Blues are in a Stanley Cup window, and that Stanley Cup window ends in 2023. You got a couple years left of Ryan O'Reilly. You've got a couple years left of Vladimir Tarasenko if you choose not to move him before them. And you've got a couple years left of Ivan Barbashev, like worst case scenario, until you have to pay those guys. So for the Blues, like this is a win now scenario, regardless of where the team is at currently. And all things considered, even though the offense isn't producing now, we talked about at the beginning of the season, this is probably the deepest offensive unit in the entire NHL if not like top three easily with the names that they have with the firepower that they have all those things combined they just have to find that chemistry find that find that will they're not it doesn't feel like they're playing with the effort that they did earlier in the season there's no fight there's no compete they're not going into board battles knowing that they're going to win them it's like a 50 50 shot at this point and I feel like that that was a staple for the blues for the longest time was not just scoring all the sexy goals, but doing all the little things to get there. And this team is missing that right now, severely. And so a part of that, I think, is support from the defensive side. And I feel like the forwards probably get a little frustrated when the defense can't move the puck. And I'm sure Jordan Bennington gets frustrated uh, when there's three turnovers in their own end before they finally get the puck out of the zone and can get off for a shift change and they're sucking wind. So it's a balancing act and everyone has to support each other. And I think... Right now, the defense isn't supporting enough and pulling enough of its weight. So you got to bring a guy in that helps pull that weight significantly. And that's why I'm still in the Jacob Chikrin camp, who also, by the way, had three points tonight, two goals and an assist for the Coyotes, who just slaughtered the competition. So I maybe he's turning back into form. Maybe he's trying to boost his trade value, whatever it might be. I think uh, the Blues have to, have to, if they have any chance of making a deep run through the playoffs and going to the Stanley Cup, have to make a move for a serious defenseman at the trade deadline. I don't know if you can be a, a, a all-in buyer right now. I think you could be a conservative buyer, but I don't know if... I mean, it, it really depends. Like I said, that's why I think it's too soon to tell because this this offensive struggle could be a facade and this could just be the lowest point of the season for the Blues offense and, you know, we could we could look back on this and say like man remember when the offense was that bad you know because obviously we got this this stretch at the beginning of the season when they were scoring five six goals a game and that's the peak maybe this is the valley you know fingers crossed but on the off chance that blues offense has been figured out what can you do at the deadline because then you need defense and you need to change your whole offensive scheme like it's 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 very tough right now because the Blues aren't losing how they used to. They used to lose by just giving up a ton of goals. Now they're giving up a couple goals and not generating any offense whatsoever. It's concerning that this problem is is only appearing now, this late in the season, because it might be a little bit too late to figure it out. So I don't know. It's going to be a really telling 13 days between now and the trade deadline. The Blues have a lot of games, uh, a lot of chances to prove you know, to Doug Armstrong, why he should go out and and add some pieces to this roster to bolster the lineup and give the Blues a chance in the playoff run. But if this trend continues, we've seen seasons where the Blues have been hovering around, you know, decent playoff chances, and we've been a seller. The year that we traded Paul Stasny, kind of similar, you know, had really hot stretches, had really cold stretches, was kind of 
50-50 at the deadline in terms of what we we're going to do. And then we sold, you know? So I'm not ruling that out as much as it would frustrate me. And like you said, probably be a letdown to the fans and the players who you've promised this two, three-year window with. I don't know, man. Like it's, it's, it's definitely the, the biggest question mark that we've had all season is, is right now in terms of, is this the norm for the blues? I don't think it's, you know, they're going to be this bad the rest of the season, but Maybe they were playing above their capability for the first two thirds of the year, and now all of a sudden they're they're kind of regressing back down to the norm. And even when they start playing a little better, they're still not going to be that good. I mean, at the least, I feel like this team is in a better position than the 2019 team was at the trade deadline, right? And Doug Armstrong still doubled down on that team and said, "I believe they have what it takes, and we have the personnel and the people in here." that are capable of winning a Stanley Cup. So, I don't know. Maybe he just baffles everybody, doubles down on this team, and don't make a move at all at the trade deadline. Can you imagine how crazy that would be? The thing is, he's Doug Armstrong, if, if anything, he's he's honest when it comes to his approach to the team. He's not going to grasp at straws. If, he, if his honest evaluation of this team at the trade deadline is that they're not making noise this year, he'll either do nothing or he'll sell. You know, he's not going to go out there and try to add guys just for the sake of hopefully putting together a playoff run if he thinks that this team isn't capable of of winning a stanley cup or making a deep run with a guy like jacob shigger he's not gonna do it you know as much as it would be nice as much as it would give hope it really comes down to his opinion of the team and as the trade deadline gets closer as you're taking a little bit of a closer look as scouts are coming into town it's really time to to put up or shut up if you're the st louis blues prove to doug armstrong why he should go out there and add some some star power to this lineup, you know, give give him some incentive. And it, that's where I think it really falls on the players. And, you know, probably a little too late to bring this name up, but falls a bit on Craig Berube. Maybe we could talk about that tomorrow uh, because I definitely think some of his, his weaknesses are starting to show. Again, not entirely his fault for sure. You know, I don't think that they, they would have won these last four games if Craig Berube was a better coach. But... I think that there's definitely a reason to say is Doug Armstrong's vision of this roster and Craig Berube's vision of this this roster a little more separated than we initially thought. Maybe looking back on it, like when we were talking about the changing of the guard and how this could potentially be an offensive juggernaut team that looks more like the Toronto Maple Leafs that struggle with defense at times. And that's kind of what holds them back as opposed to the team in 2019 that uh, had the defense as their catalyst. I didn't really take into consideration. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's like the style of hockey that the Blues are trying to play right now and having those highlight reel goals and those tic-tac-toe goals and like those snipes and highlight reel goals instead of the grinders and the little tricklers on the net that uh, you go flying across the crease and dive and try to swat it in. And I, I feel like those were... A lot more often the goals that were scored by the St. Louis Blues because you had a net front presence and you had guys that were willing to plow through bodies to get to the puck uh, and that wanted the puck and that knew that that puck was theirs. And I don't know if this team currently has that drive and that same mindset. So I don't know. I, I think it, whatever capacity that this team decides to move to with the changing of the guard, I think Craig Berube will always have that mindset of, hunt pucks first and win board battles first and do the little things that lead to a goal. You can't skip steps on the way there as much as this team, I think, would love to do that currently. 
I don't want anyone out there listening to think that I'm placing the blame on Craig Bruby and saying, oh, the Blues need to fire Craig Bruby. Um, I just think there's there's a, a decent chance that he's not the best coach for this roster. That, But that doesn't mean a, a better coach would bring this team a Stanley Cup. I think Craig Bruby is absolutely doing the best with what he has in front of him with his play style. And in order to make this team sustainable with their poor defense and their inconsistent offense, maybe Bruby's style is what's good right now. But I don't know if he's the guy to bring this roster a Stanley Cup. I think they need to add a little bit more grit, a little bit more players that buy into his system. Uh, but who knows? Maybe maybe I'll be proved wrong because, you know, he did win a Stanley Cup with a pretty similar roster a few years ago. L- slightly different construction, significantly better defense, but I don't know. Listen, Tommy, to close things out, I'm going to I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Nothing to do with hockey. This is a little, little trend that's been going around social media. Do you think there are more wheels or doors in the world? Oh, Jesus Christ. Somebody asked me this, actually, uh, during the game, and that is a nightmare. I feel like it has to be wheels because there's yeah. typically okay, good, 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 multiple good, good. cars per household. And then if you take into consideration like everything that has wheels – that's not even cars, like carts and like an eighteen wheeler. That's for like one person. So, yeah, I'm 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 team wheels as well. I think it's a, a silly a silly argument. The one thing I heard is, oh, what about what about big skyscrapers? Okay, yeah, where do people sit in those big skyscrapers? On chairs mm-hmm. with wheels with wheels. Got them. Game set match. If anyone has any evidence to refute team even wheels, even planes have wheels. Please. Please send it, send it my way because I, I am hard pressed to believe that doors outnumber wheels in this universe. If there were, if, if doors and wheels gained sentience and had a battle, wheels would win. They would outnumber the doors. The amount of time you hear just the term wheels in a hockey game far outweigh the amount of Mm. times you hear doors. So I think that's subconsciously that puts into people's head, oh, wheels over doors. I want more wheels in my life. So next thing you know, they're buying a car. I don't know. Just something to throw out there. Mm definitely definitely something to chew on are there more wheels than doors and what the heck is wrong with the st louis blues the two questions of the day uh we'll be we'll be addressing well not the first one anymore but the second question Doug's gonna be wheeling i'll tell you that much wheeling and dealing he better be there's gonna be plenty of wheels occurring in that in that gm's office over the next 13 days that being said that is all the time we have for you guys today so thank you all so much for listening and watching if you're on youtube make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on because we are free and available everywhere you can get your podcast subscribe to us on youtube we've been growing a lot there lately having a lot of fun with that hit that notification bell that way you'll never miss a new upload that's just locked on blues on youtube same as our socials locked on blues on instagram twitter facebook and tiktok follow me on twitter at josh hyman nhl follow tommy on twitter at t 15 thanks so much for listening and as always let's go blues